welcome to episode 48 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Uh, one name that probably everyone was talking about, not named Connor McDavid this week, was Austin Matthews. As a Sens fan, that was lovely to watch, I must say. Um, <laughs> he kind of had a big game in his NHL debut. Kind we'll of. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also, um, one of uh, Brett's Bruins had a big game in uh, the Bruins season opener. We'll talk about that, as well as other events or individual performances that uh, surprised us in uh, the NHL's opening week of the regular season. Also, what team do you think is going to improve the most this season? The result might surprise you to most of uh, <laughs> our uh, followers. Maybe. Maybe it won't. Uh, also a lot of injuries a lot of injuries uh, a lot of signing sayings to the podcast jinx we'll elaborate on those and uh waiver claims galore uh and as usual we'll talk about our two teams um but first uh shout outs to all of the players in the nhl past and present who have worn number 48 in their careers of course daniel briere is the most notable tyler kennedy award for a time as did gilliam laton dress uh, called Miller, war number 48 as well. Uh, two defensemen that you probably didn't know war number 48 at some point, Mark Mathot and Shea Weber. They were number 48 at one well, point. Not for, a br- not for a long time, but for know. a brief time they certainly did. Uh, Scott Young, uh, back in the day, had some pretty good seasons. A decent NHL career, as did Andy McDonald. Uh, they wore number 48. Uh, for a brief time, Andy McDonald did. Scott Young, uh, he wore for... Um, more than just a year or two. So to all the NHLers who wore number 48, this podcast is for you. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Like uh, Steve just mentioned, Austin Matthews uh, had quite the debut um, today, uh, or uh, not today, on on a Thursday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. I can't think right now. Either uh, way, the hockey world didn't stop talking about <laughs> oh, yeah, it. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you hear Patches it's and great. Ovechkin talk about it. It's yep. incredible. Um, Austin Matthews had four goals. Um, he, uh, uh, I guess, much to... Uh, uh, Steve's chagrin because it was against the uh, the Ottawa Senators, um, but um, it was definitely um, um, impressive. I, I thought uh, I think you were mentioning this on our Twitter that you thought the second goal was amazing, and when I was looking at it, um, yeah, it was it, like because Carlson is like. He, Carlson was one of the guys that Matthews beat in that second goal, and he, yeah. uh, um, you know, he, he kind of like treated him like he was like a nobody. Yeah, um, like make, make no yeah. mistake about it. The the goal itself was brutal. Anderson yeah. should have that all day. But yeah. I mean, the lead up, he stick handles through three yeah. senators, picks Carlson's pocket, just goes in and and scores. Yeah. Uh, and then from the, from the side of the net, that's and the, that's unbelievable. And then the funny uh, thing about this is that. Um, in the, Matthew's first three shots, he scores. Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't get, uh, it, he makes it look like it's easy. Um, and then he, um, 
and then he uh, doesn't score again until the third period. But yeah, yeah exactly. so he went. Like, the final goal yeah. came at the 1957 mark of the second period, so exactly. three seconds left on the clock. In less than 40 minutes of hockey, he scored four times. Yep, and uh, he's shot six times, which makes his shooting percentage uh, 66. Um, percent It's totally sustainable. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only thing I will say, because uh, McDavid had a big night, um, a big two nights. Yeah. Um, is as an American. Oh, well, first off, I want to clarify before I go off on this mini rant. Uh, Toronto and Edmonton um, have been bad, and so I get why they're they get the chance to have Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. However, as an American, um. I want to see them on a U.S. team, and I know, and that's just going to be the saddest thing for the rest of my life because I know that they're going to be an Oiler for like McDavid's going to be an Oiler for life, and Matthews is probably going to be an uh, a Leaf for life. Um, but it's just it's just sad because like he would be so like it was so crazy today when I, or the next day when I was like. ESPN, as I've mentioned before, never talks about hockey, and I was like surprised they even like they even knew that the hockey season was started. But like they led the sh- they led Sports Center with Austin Matthews. They uh, you know Mike and Mike started talking about that when they usually talk about football and stuff. And I was just think the the whole time I was just like they made it seem like this is like this like rookie who like you know just like you know, just, you know, um, wasn't, like, the number one overall pick. He was just some rookie guy. But it's like, you know, you know, he's, like, <laughs> he's been hyped for a long time now. Um, so that, it kind of, like, it made me feel like if he was in a, like, uh, if he was on the Rangers, for instance, or um, the Red Wings, he would be so so much more important to the hockey league than he is on the Maple Leafs. But don't get me wrong, it's great that the, like, you know, the Maple Leafs are relevant again. Um, and that's that goes the same with McDavid, too. I feel like if McDavid was in a U.S. market, um, that would uh, help the league more. But, um, I mean, at the same time, you know, Maple Leafs and Oilers fan base have, like, a need some hope in their lives. So Yeah, and you would think you know. that uh, someone who has scored four goals in their NHL debut, which has never been done in quite some time, I think I heard maybe as far back as 1917 it happened, but that's, yeah. you know, before, you know, they start really getting in depth with stats and all that. Uh, when someone makes history like that and you still somehow can't win the game, that, yeah. that's well, kind of... Typical Leafs, right there, and it, yeah, that's true. And Austin Matthews made a defensive mistake that led to that uh, overtime goal, and, and he took yeah. responsibility. And he took of responsibility. It after the, game. the kids really mature about it. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, like when you think about it, though, because I listened to Greg Wyshynski and Jeff Merrick, yeah. um, and like when you think about it, uh, Greg Wyshynski was saying how like. 
like when you're the only reason why they were in overtime in the first place, you know, like of course he's gonna be humble afterwards. You know, um, it was just a funny point. Um, but just after he scored his fourth goal, he's, he just gives yeah. that face. It's just like ah, uh, it's like oh uh, yeah, yeah, four goals. All right, <laughs> I guess this team actually does stink. Um, I have to do everything for this team, but um. Yeah, I don't know how his debut could have gone any better, honestly. No, it's true. I was actually so I'm actually looking at the uh, points leaders. I know it's very, very, very early, um, and so I'm just looking at uh, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews' face that they have on here, and they both like have this very serious <laughs> face on them. It's just That's really their funny. Game face. Yeah, yeah, just really funny. Um, all right, and other stuff. I kind of want to talk about the Bruins in our Bruins Send segment, but again, mention Brad Marchand, uh, David Pasternak, and David Backus are good. It's a good line. Um, yeah, I hear that. that I don't know who this Bergeron guy is. Off. No big deal. Yeah, I don't know who this Bergeron guy is, but um, I mean, Backus. Yeah, they should be doing fine without him. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have. Um, They've only played the Flames so far, but they've won yeah. both games pretty handily. But still, 12 goals in two games. That's yeah. that's not a bad way to start your year. Um, there's one thing that does strike me. Um, I'll get to your game notes in a second, but I only have this other point that I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, was that... Uh, hold on. If you look at these shots per games, and I know it's only... Two, uh, two games for Chicago and one game for uh, Dallas. But um, Dallas only shot 20, uh, only had 20 shots um, in that game against Anaheim. Um, that's not good. <laughs> um, they were outshot 17 to 1 the first period. Yeah. They only had 10 shots through two periods, and they were somehow tied after one. And, I think and they got four goals two. in 20 shots. Usually yeah. the average is around 30. They um, scored two on their first yeah, three. Exactly. And Chicago isn't quite as lucky. Um, last night they only shot, I think they only, sh- hold on, let me look. They only shot 24. And I think the day before that it was 19. Um, so... Uh, Chicago is even worse in that sense, but, um, I mean, I, I would, I would imagine, like, they're not, like, they always talk about, like, um, Colorado and Calgary, um, being the, one of those teams that, like, um, just get, gets lucky, um, because of just their shot totals versus how many, you know, when they possess the puck, so, but clearly, Chicago and Dallas are much more talented um, than those teams. Um, but uh, it is something to look out for in the early games. And I know it's, you know, one and two games, small sample size. I get that. Um, it's just something to look out for, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we'll see, because, like, I think uh, for the Blackhawks, they put Panner in not on Kane's line for some reason. Um, and yeah, that I don't understand. Um, good for the, my uh, Stanley Cup prediction pick. 
uh, Nashville Predators. PK got the first goal. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, um, hey, Montreal, um, you might want that guy. Um, all right. Uh, what other uh, things uh, that struck out for you in the first couple of games? Well, um, uh, there were there were uh, quite a few things. Patrick Laney's first NHL goal, absolute rocket, uh, brought the Jets to within one. Uh, just uh, threw a screen under um, top shelf, um, top right corner, glove side, just like in and out, just perfectly placed. Um, got two points in the Jets' comeback. Coming back from a 4-1 deficit in 15 minutes, I know it's against Carolina, but coming back from a 4-1 deficit in 15 minutes, then scoring the winner in overtime isn't oh, yeah, easy yeah. to do, especially when you have a young team like the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. Um, and in a league where any team can beat you, it's still a, go- a good accomplishment regardless. So I like the way the Jets started things off. That was a good morale booster there. Um, again, the Oilers' performance, 12 goals in two games. Uh, again, it's against the Flames, but again, any team can beat you in this league. And uh, in the second game, they went two for four in the power play. They also scored a shorthanded goal. They gave two short, gave up two shorties to Calgary in their first game. A little bit to improve on, but again, first two games, not too bad. Um, again, Ducks versus Stars Thursday night. That was bizarre from a stats point of view, yeah. um, but Stars were able to win the game. Um, another thing that stuck out in my mind was Barkov's game winner against New Jersey. Oh yeah, that was a good game. Uh, but did you see that individual effort from, uh, their defenseman, Michael Matheson? No. Oh, uh, you mentioned it on our Twitter, behind, but yeah. Behind the net, he absolutely trucks a devil's, um, a devil's guy has the puck behind the net, absolutely trucks him, picks up the puck. Schneider has his attention to Matheson, uh, another devil's defender, uh, tries to get his body in front of the pass. The pass goes right through the Devils defender, right past Schneider. Schneider's still looking at Matheson. All Barkov has to do is just pretty much shoot it into the open net. Schneider's completely focused on Matheson. Absolutely beauty up. I, I can't. Eat, my description doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. Lace him up. Twitter has the actual link. Uh, probably <laughs> one of probably one of the goal of the year candidates as far as just the lead up. Like yeah. it's right up there with Matthews. Not. Maybe not nearly as great as Matthews, but still, um, when you're a guy that isn't really as hyped as Austin Matthews and you make a play like that, plays like that will get you noticed. Yeah. And, uh, Michael Matheson just really opened my eyes on that play. And, of course, Marshawn's five points. You know, yeah. I, It doesn't shock me, but still amazing to witness. Yeah, I agree. He's really coming into his own. And, you know, especially it's more impressive considering um, he doesn't have Bergeron because for years, people have been saying, oh, Bergeron makes them better. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, sort of, I guess. But, like, you know, Marshawn is now coming into his own without Bergeron. So that's good to see. I agree with you. Um, another point that I want to mention before we go to the poll of the week. Um, I'm just looking at, uh, there's a lot of high-scoring games right now. Um, a lot of high-scoring teams. I expect it to go down to the mean. I'm not really sure why. I feel like. Maybe goalies are just rusty in general. Um, yeah. Boston had six goals. Uh, Tampa Bay had six goals. Ottawa had five. And and just Detroit quickly, four. sorry to interrupt there, Brett. Just quickly going back to Tampa. Thomas Vanek, the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. had two goals in his Red Wings debut. He's already calling Tampa one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. It's only one game, and he's calling them one of the best in the East. Yeah. And and they had some highlight. Well, they are, games, but yeah. <laughs> but 
one game that might be a bit of a stretch, you know, crowning them already. But yeah. Especially um, if, you know, you're competing against them in your own division. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to go with all the teams that ha- that scored a lot of goals in their first game. Well, um, yeah, and there, there, are, there are some shockers like Edmonton. Yeah. Boston, Tampa Bay, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal, Toronto, um, New York, the Rangers, uh, Carolina, Philly, um, I guess you could say the Islanders, but um, St. Louis, uh, Winnipeg, um, Dallas, um, Edmonton, as we mentioned, Calgary, sort of. Um, yeah, so those are all the, like, high goal scoring, and, um, if it trends this way, then, I mean, I think it means that scoring is back, uh, somehow, but, um, we shall see if, um, well, I'm not really sure why that is, but I feel like it is too early to, uh, see if that's an actual trend or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but something to look out for. Um, so now we go to the poll of the week. We did mention about Edmonton and Toronto before. Um, but, so we asked the question, who will be the most improved team? This was on the day of Wednesday. Um, so before Austin Matthews' big night, um, or McDavid's big night. Um, Toronto got 41% of this vote. Um, we got 24 votes, so that's not bad. Edmonton had 38%, um, Arizona had 13%, and Buffalo had 8%. I still believe in Buffalo. Um, I know that they're hurt, but once they're healthy, watch out. Um, And um, But yeah, I guess this shouldn't be too surprising, considering we have a lot of Canadian followers on our uh, Twitter, so of course they're going to say that Toronto and Edmonton will be the most improved, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like after one week, you're already, are you going back on your, uh, Sabres top three in the Atlantic prediction or, um, they may you think get still a... a playoff team. Cause you know what? I think this is going to test their resolve. You know, injuries test teams. Depends. results. Yeah. And, and, and Dan Bilesma, I think, yeah. he has, I think he might have that knack to get him out of this, but again, uh, Leonard has got to demonstrate that he's the go-to it guy depends. in goal, and he needs to stay healthy. If if he doesn't stay healthy, then maybe it could be the end of their season. It depends already. on yeah, you're right. It depends on on how like on the injuries of Eichel, Kane, um, and O'Reilly, um, and it looks like Ocposo is also injured too. But um, so it depends on when they'll get back. It looks like Eichel's more serious. Um, yeah, we'll, ex- we'll expand yeah, we'll, on we'll those. Talk about but, that yeah, later. but I mean, but I mean like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't expect that. But um, if it's if it's something that's um, like if Eichel is out for long, then I'll probably say, yeah, they're probably like the Oilers. They probably won't make the playoffs, but they'll. Uh, They'll be close, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a bit. I'm. I'm a bit curious, though. I. I know after one game, you know, it's. You know, with Austin Matthews, you know, obviously your team is going to improve significantly with a guy like Austin Matthews in the lineup. But the Oilers, uh, you know, they have Connor McDavid and a bunch of other talented players on their roster. I'm surprised they didn't win this bowl, especially. You know, everyone's been 
waiting for a couple of years yeah. now, waiting for the Oilers to improve significantly. True. And they they are probably the most likely to improve this year, and yet Toronto wins the poll, mind you, by three percentage points, but still. Yeah, I guess it's... I I guess I hear what you're saying, but I think it's just because of the mo- that Adam Larson deal trade, um, yeah. Lucic trade. You know that doesn't spark too much confidence in people that Hall is gone now. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there is something there, but um, but like you know, this was before their their two games. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I would guess that that might be the reason. I think if we did this poll like now, people would say like, "Oh, Edmonton's gonna is the most. It's gonna yeah, be yeah." Let, let, let's face it. You know, if yeah. we did this poll from uh, if we did this poll today and we did it again three months later, there probably it probably would be a different story. You exactly. Know? Three three months into the season. Well, that, that's you know, why like what some of the team has done. But that's why we ask it now, just so you can see. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Rapid fire. Um, Goudreau, six year. Okay, yeah. So first, we just want to mention that our curse is real. Um, well, I'm kind sh- of a blessing because pretty yeah. much all three of the players that we were talking about that were without contracts, they have new deals now. Yeah. So, uh, teams, uh, the fans of teams that uh, were yeah. fang- crossing Lindholm. their fingers that their star players be resigned, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Lindholm, we, well, we, we I mean, we, we solve, knew... We could solve any problems besides relationship troubles. That's that's beyond our expertise. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, we knew that all these guys would eventually be signed. We didn't know yeah. how quickly, though. But Yeah, less than 24 hours, that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true, that's true. Um, so, Goudreau, um, six years, uh, 6.75 million AAV, um... This was, I think this was around the same that Monaghan got, um, so, and I think that was the big dispute, too, is that the I, Flames... I think the bigger dispute was, um... Oh, yeah, he couldn't be... Mark Giordano, yeah. he's the highest paid player, and they wouldn't go over that. And Which I, I think, think that's is... around, the, that's around the frame... No, he got the same, Giordano's he got the same team. amount as, uh, Giordano, it's like the same contract. Okay. Um... So I guess they compromised in that. Yeah, they found a common group. But uh, he's basically the same as Monaghan. Um, so I think that's that makes sense. He Goudreau is probably their... Is, not probably, he is their best player. So um, they should have signed him. Um, so it was good to have him for my a guy on my fantasy team. So um, um, that was a good deal for them. Unfortunately, um, again... I wish he was in an American market, but um, it's okay. Um, I'll live. Um, Kucherov re-signed to three years, 4.7 million AV. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, we, we Tampa Bay always gets, um, always figures things out, um, I believe. I don't know. It, it feels kind of weird, but I don't think they have any more contract issues at the moment, other than the fact that Pallet, uh, Tyler Johnson, and Duran are going to be RFAs next year. And of course, the big RFA, and, uh, oh, big UFA known as Bishop. Oh yeah, Bishop's next year. Yeah, but um, and I, I just knowing Yeiserman and Tampa, I just have a feeling they're they're just going to sign everyone. That like they need to, 
Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, always figures things out. Um, so, but yeah, Kucherov is a good deal for uh, Tampa. Um, like 4.7 for one of your best guys. Um, that's pretty cheap, and uh, you're more able to afford other players like the the rest of the triplets and Druen and uh, maybe Bishop. I think it's wise also for Kucherov to sign this deal because he'll be close to a UFA by the time this contract is up. Yeah. And, um, and you know, that's probably when you're going to get uh, the most on the open market. If, if Tampa doesn't have enough money to keep you, then you go True. to the highest bidder. True, that's so a good point. So I think money-wise for him, this is... This is going to be a good lead-up. If he continues to produce at the rate he's producing, uh, yep. even ex- go above that, above and beyond what he's capable of right now, mm-hmm. then uh, in a couple of years' time, he could really get paid. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, Ristolainen resigned to Buffalo, $5.4 million, six years. Um, this was, like, I mean, I guess holding out, not holding out in training camp, um was worth it, um, and uh, as we just mentioned before, Buffalo has a lot of injuries right now, so uh, it's good that they at least have their um, their young defensemen getting some playing time. Um, yeah, and Tim Murray so, was rewarded with a contract extension a few days yeah. after signing Ristolainen, so he wins too. Yeah, he wins too. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at their general manager page. They don't really have too many... Um, issues, um, other than, I guess, Gergensen's going to be an RFA next year, but, yeah, other than that, or Kulikov's going to be UFA, Franzen, um, and both their goalies are going to be free agents, so, um, but, yeah, I, it looks good from their perspective, but, uh, they just need to get healthy, um, Ricardo Raquel agrees to terms with Anaheim six years, $3.8 million. Um, this is an interesting deal, not, well, f- for two reasons. One, um, just the contract itself, uh, you think he could, um, $3.8 million for six years, that's like not a lot of money for <laughs> six years, um, especially for... Um, I mean, I don't think you could scoff at $3.8 million per year, but um, he could probably have gotten more. Um, and it's it's good on the, like, it's good on Anaheim. It's, like, a very, um, uh, in terms of, like, oh, they have a lot more room that way. Having mm-hmm. said that, they only they have Hampus Lindholm yet to sign and they only have nine point. Wait, uh, hold on. Let me get the exact number. Oh, yeah. They have even less than that. They have not a uh, three hundred and twenty-three thousand left of cap space. Um, so I think there's going to be a trade coming soon if they can sign. Uh, so so they can sign Lindholm. Or they'll sign. They'll um, maybe they'll trade Lindholm for Truba, um, but um, but then they still have to work on that. Cap They're probably space. still gonna have to sign Truba. Um, yeah, I think probably. 
Uh, I don't know what their situation is in, in the minors, but if they have a capable backup in the minors, I'm almost thinking of putting Bernier on waivers because he's taking up three or four million in cap space roughly. Um, four million, but only yeah. for one year. But, uh, yeah, again, uh, I, I've, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they get themselves out of this. Yeah, they have to and, maneuver somehow. Yeah, they're like the they're opposite of... There's no way of, they're going to pay Lindholm that much money. He's going to want a lot more than 320 some true. grand. Well, Bernier plays tonight. is actually a confirmed starter tonight. Mm. Um, so, We're recording this on Saturday afternoon, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So, probably Hampus Lindholm's going to be signed on Sunday. I know. Or, yeah, and Truba will be... Or there's going to be some big trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's how they're going to do it, is they're going to trade someone just so that they can make room for, like, just, just like, a dump a player off. Um, like, maybe, uh, I see here, I'm just looking at their general fan It looks here that Simon Dupre has 3.7 million. Mm. Maybe they could trade him away, dump him, um... I don't know. A lot of these guys, it's like tough to see if Jared Bull. I don't know. That's probably not a lot. Like you, it's kind of hard to like not trade these, not trade these guys away without because Perry, Getzlaff, and Kessler all have no movement clauses, but they make the most money by far of this of the of these players. So it's not like maybe Cam Fowler. I don't know. Yeah, because, oh. yeah, you, you're, you're uh, speaking of guys that are still looking for a contract, Cam Fowler's also not on there, right? Well, Cam Fowler signed for two years. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, but he, um, I mean, he could still be traded, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not a bad contract. 24 years old for two years of $4 million. That's not uh, $4 millions per year, so... Um, yeah, that, that could be a, that could be a trade, you know, for a couple of prospects or yeah, I could see no that happening. Pick, yeah, um, I, I could see him working something like that. I, I think that Prey is a decent defenseman, uh, but yeah, I think they're probably going to put someone on waivers before they make a big trade. I don't see Anaheim trading one of their young and developing players, but you know, you never yeah, know. And at the same time, I don't see them trading one of their you know Cam Fowler either. I'm just yeah. trying to think because it's not like their forwards are great, except for Kessler, Getzlaff, and Perry, and they have a no movement clause even if they wanted to trade those guys. So um, maybe Silverberg. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I guess this is up for Murray, and, and that's why we're not GMs. And yeah, Murray he's is. certainly one of the more experienced guys yeah. around, so he's going to think. But of that's something. that's something that we should all keep an eye on and yeah. what's happening for sure. Um, and Ricard Raquel is actually a good, uh, we should mention that Ricard Raquel is a good forward. I just, I feel like he's worth more than what he got, but, um, whatever. <laughs> um, Sadaguchi is back in the, uh, league with, uh, the LA Kings. Yeah, um, back in California too. Yeah, back in California. Uh, yeah, for a rival team, um, yeah, so I guess we we're, we talked about the other California team, um, but uh, Saguchi is now on the Kings uh, for one year, um, not five hundred thousand um, just this year. Um, I think didn't he score 
in his first game or something like that? Not quite sure, actually. Let me look. I'm pretty sure he, like, got a point at least. I thought he, like, scored maybe, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so he's back. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me, as I, as we stall here, um, Setaguchi, oh no, he didn't score at all. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, that's just, I thought we should mention that. Christopher Stieg. Yeah, he former did score. King. Former King. Yeah, former King. Um, former Blackhawk, former a lot of things. Former yeah. Hurricane. Um, yeah, he signs with the Flames. Um, he's going to, I think, um, doesn't the Flames have like an in- a key injury out now? or so- Oh, no, they don't. Never mind. Um, but he may be, um, he may be on, uh, Goudreau and Monaghan's wing, I would imagine. Um, anyways, he has one year, 900,000, um, per year, or just this year. I guess it's not per year when it's just one year. Um, Gretzky, uh, speaking of the other, um... Western yeah, Canadian the other team. Alberta team. And by the way, yeah. it should be mentioned, Chris Versteeg got a PTO with the Oilers, and he turns around and signs with the with their rivals. With but. their rivals. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, the Oilers have the last laugh by beating them twice yeah. in their home-to-home. Um, Gretzky uh, is now a partner and chairman of the Oilers, and he's been away from the NHL for a while now, um, so it's good to have him back in this capacity um, I guess, uh, and I think, um, yeah, I guess he, uh, I think the also Oilers Also an ambassador a, for the centennial year of the NHL, right. I think. Yeah, that too. Um, so it's, it's, uh, good to have him back. Um, he always, he actually, he's actually like a good commentator. Um, yeah. I, whenever they have like quotes about Gretzky and what he thinks about the league, it's like, it's very in, intriguing and interesting. I could, I kind of wish he was like a commentator somewhere, but. And, um, and he's also, you know, considering, you know, they call him the great one for a reason, you know, yeah. he's, he's a good guy, you know, for the young Oilers to, to lean on for advice as well. True. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. You should help them out in that aspect too. That's for sure. Now we go through these long lists of injuries we have here, enough with signings. and Yeah, a lot also, of significant injuries. Yeah, a lot of significant injuries. So we're going to start with the most significant. Uh, Jonathan Quick, um, he has a lower body injury. Uh, he's probably going to have a groin injury, according to Darren Millard, and the Kings expect him to be out for three to four months. So um, that's like half the season. Um yeah, sorry, fantasy uh, hockey fans uh, <laughs> who took quick in like the top ten of their draft. Yep. Um, also, um, so uh, but you can uh, try to get Jonas Enroth. Wait, no, who's their? No, no, it Jeff Zakoff and oh, Jeff Peter die are their tandem, and oh, you yeah, have yeah, Jack yeah. Campbell in the minors. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's I'm, right. I, I'm knowing the Kings and the fact that they're supposed to be contenders this year. They're probably going to do something. Yep. The problem is they have like less than two million in cap space. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're probably going to get like a plug-in and goal if if there's um, 
Yeah, I was about to say they could try to get Pavlich, but then they have cash. No, that, that would be that would be over the cap limit, though. I I think yeah. maybe a guy like Cam Ward. I mean, I don't know if that's the best they can do. They're yeah. probably again Dean Lombardi. You know, he's been around the business a long time. He's probably going to think of something. Yeah. But I don't know if their options in their own system are good enough to get them through the next three to four months and still be contenders. Yeah. But again, uh, so, that's why they're pay the big bucks and not us. Exactly. Um, Zadkoff actually got 16, I'm in like a, like a, I don't know if you've heard of this, like a free agent auction bid. Um, uh, someone got him for $16 in our, um, in my, uh, in my (laughs) hockey league. Um, and that was before the big quick news. Um, but this guy was like desperately, definitely desperate for a goalie, so, Good for him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Both would have gotten it paid off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see again. You know how how fast uh, the Kings rise or fall in in the regular season standings uh, because no one's really expecting them to do much of anything. I mean, you lose you lose your season opener is one thing, but then you lose your best player for like three to four months. That's a very tough pill to swallow. But yeah. again, the, the Kings, you know, they're they're not gonna roll over and play dead they're they're gonna battle they're gonna find a way to win some games and i think jeff sackhoff like you look at his numbers with pittsburgh he was a respectable backup during his time there yeah that's true and he, he, you know and he, he could take over the reins a little bit well i don't think full reins once quicks back but yeah, well, yeah but i mean you <laughs> for know now. if you need him in the gym I, I think you'll get you some wins here and there but oh, I, oh that's what you how mean. good they're gonna be they might be average but i don't yeah. think they're gonna tank and be last but. yeah that's what you meant yeah I mean, this could be this could be uh, perfect for uh, teams like the Oilers or the Flames to um, get some lead on the on the Kings because, like, I feel like the California teams are, um, you know, are gonna make the playoffs if they're all healthy. And but, I think we're you gonna know. see what the what a team like the Kings are made of now because sure. you look at Jonathan Quick, he's played in over sixty games in five of the last eight years for the Kings. Yeah, that's a good point. And one of the seasons he didn't, it was a lockout shortened year, so yeah. he played most of the games there. But yeah, this is like the equivalent of Carey Price last year. Um, in terms of now we'll see what the Kings are like. Um and if they can uh, come through with this adversity. Yeah, the, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, the last time they had to deal with a significant injury, it wasn't for this long, but when Jonathan Quick was out, they had Martin Jones. Of course, Martin Jones is on the other side of California right. and not on the Kings roster. So, true. Yeah, on the other team in California. But you look at the rest yeah, of true. this division, they still have a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, but again, yeah. you know that's dependent on if the Oilers and Flames and Canucks uh, can't win to save their life. But right. As the Oilers uh, have proven in their first two games, it might not happen this year. <laughs> oh, it could happen. Yeah. Um, they won twice. But, um, yeah, twice. <laughs> um, that's something. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Kings might get a decent pick, though, and, and, and they, they, that's true. they're probably, have, you know. Yeah, they, a, they're the short on prospects. That's true. That's true. That, that would be good for them. Um, like a blessing in disguise and sorts. Um, yeah, and a curse for the rest of the league. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know what the league would do if they somehow got Nolan Patrick. Um, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it's going to go that far, but I think, you know, a middle, a middle round, a middle first round pick 
you know, they could probably still make the playoffs and still get a, a decent first overall pick, uh, uh, not first overall pick, first round pick. Yeah. You know, that that, that could still be pretty good for a, for a Kings team that, you know, find uh, finds a way to find talented players like Tanner Pearson in the draft in the later rounds. Tyler Toffoli, I don't think he went in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. He was a yep. second, third, fourth round pick thereabouts. And quick, I don't think he went in the first round either. So, Well, goalies usually don't, but yeah, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> a good point. Uh, Crosby, uh, still out indefinitely, but practiced, so maybe it's not as serious, but, um... Well, non-contact jersey, but again, it's progress, the fact he's on the ice. Um, it's cool that, uh, Malkin, you know, the, the, the theory that, like, Malkin plays better when Crosby's out, and Crosby plays better when Malkin's out, so Malkin had a pretty good night last, uh, in the first game, so, um, (laughs) theory's still out there, um... Eichel is out with, and now, now we go with all the saber injuries. Eichel is out with a high ankle sprain, four to six weeks, maybe longer. Um, I'm looking at Roto World right now, and they say that he might be out for until um, until early December. I don't. That seems kind of long. Six to eight weeks. So yeah, that's about December. Yeah. Early December. That feels. Is that each to six weeks? Yeah, six, six to eight weeks, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, right, four weeks would be... Yeah, four weeks would be November, so early, like late November, early December. Um, maybe, now, yeah, longer. Was he suffered it during practice yeah. a few days before their yeah, season opener against the Habs, their home opener as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, again, you know, People in Buffalo were interested to see what this team could do, and you know, you already lose, yep. you know, one of your best players before you even play a game, and then when you finally do play a game, you lose another one of your studs that you're hoping will have a big season. Right, as we just talked about, Evander Kane um, hospitalized in the first, in the season opener. Um, he is week to week at the moment. Um, yeah. Uh, he suffered, I think it was three cracked ribs, just taking a look at uh, my notes. Yeah, three cracked ribs. He'll be out for weeks, according to head coach Dan Bilesma. Um, and also, Kyle Ocposo looks to be day-to-day with a knee injury. Ryan O'Reilly was injured before. Um, he's day-to-day as well. Um, so, yeah. Pro- hopefully for the Sabres, both will be playing by the time... Uh, you hear this podcast, and the podcast, James, will avert to your advantage. Yeah, so my prediction of the Sabres being the third in the playoffs doesn't look so great right now. But yeah. um, I think they do. It depends on when everyone's healthy. I think they could still make the wild card. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to downgrade them just to the wild card. Wild uh, card contenders. Yeah. Um, Brian Little, lower body injury, out indefinitely. Um, yeah, that's a kick to the gut for my fantasy team, but you yeah. should be able to get by. But a kick to the gut for the Jets because, you know, the, the way his season ended last year, questionable hits, and he got the worst of it. Um, and then uh, and then Clyde's with Carolina for Brian Bickle uh, right in the season opener and uh, in, in noticeable pain as he's going off the ice and, now he's out indefinitely, according to coach Paul Maurice. That's not such a good sign for the Winnipeg Jets, but they have a young team, a lot of prospects, so we'll get by without him. I think it's more of a kick to the gut for Brian Little because you know, everyone was expecting a, 
a stable veteran presence. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a healthy season for him and um, hasn't got off to the best start so far. He's an underrated player too. I yeah, know everyone talks about them whenever you t- talk about it, but he's a, he's a pretty good player. It's just that he's in Winnipeg, so you know no one ever really talks about him. Um, yeah, it's, that's a good point. Um, especially now with the like Kyle Connor and Patrick Line. You see that Patrick Line is now on the top line for Winnipeg. Which is interesting, considering on the morning lights uh, before the season opener, he was pra- he was on the third line. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll see. Um, it was funny too because a lot of people were predicting that Patrick Line was going to uh, be like score more than Austin Matthews. So um, it could happen, but uh, Matthews yeah. has a four uh, point lead. Or actually, it gets a three-point lead. Because no, two-point, because Lainey got two points. Oh, Lainey got two. I thought he just got a goal. No, he, he got a... He, he assisted, I think, on... Uh, oh, he assisted, he assisted on, on the game-time goal, actually. Uh, or, or maybe not the game-time goal, but he assisted on one of them. Okay. Uh, pa- Patrick Lainey is also on my fantasy team. That has Brian Little, so... Uh, okay. That's why I think I will be able to get by just fine. <laughs> I have Eichel on my team, so that's not great. But when you pick up Konechny on the waiver wire, you know your team is pretty good. Oh, for you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I picked up Proverov too. I know this is going to now turn into like, ooh, who we picked up on our fantasy hockey yeah. team. But, yeah, let's uh, steer away from that. Uh, Carey Price uh, <laughs> as a flu. He's not, he's it's not the there. injury last season that's plaguing him now. Yeah. Now it's now it's a severe case of the flu bug. Yep. Uh, but he's day to day. But he should be back once this flu is done. Yeah, once this podcast is available, probably. Um, true, probably. Um, Al Montoya did look good, though. I know it's the sa- uh, banged-up Sabres team, but he did look he, pretty good. You know good. what? He's, he's that veteran backup that I, I think is going to provide solid goaltending when you yep. need it. Um, I don't know if he can carry a team if Price is out long-term, which yep. doesn't look like it will be. But, you know, again, a stable backup that can... I can get to your number one goalie some rest. So speaking of good- stable, stable backups, uh, Bergeron is out three games, but it didn't seem like it. If you watch the Bruins game, because uh, David Backus uh, took his uh, top line um, and uh, scored two goals and assisted on one, um, and his line uh, produced six goals altogether. So um, yeah, the Bruins are good without Bergeron. I didn't expect that, but, um, yeah, (laughs) um, we kind of, it's kind of, it's going to be exciting once we get Bergeron back, because, um, um, because that means, that makes us that much more better, that much more better, that much better. Um, Anders Lee, his leg, um, he injured his leg in practice, um, he's out. Um, I think he's, I'm looking at Roto World, which has all the injuries here. Um, it doesn't say that he's injured even, so I'm going to assume he's day-to-day. Um, I don't know, maybe he, did he play? I don't know. But um, I'm not quite sure. This this is news to me, honestly. Okay, well, we're going to put a question mark on Anders Lee here. Um, yeah, hopefully he's back by the time we hear this podcast. We'll see, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, all these predictions and everything we do is will probably, yeah, probably <laughs> not sure. happen or will Especially happen. Especially injury updates. Exactly. Um, waiver claims. 
Um, there was a lot of waiver claims because um, I guess there usually is on the first night before the game starts. But So uh, the big news was that when we did the podcast, um, there wasn't, we were surprised that Pavlak even was dropped down a bit. But um, no one picked him up. Um, I guess because his contract is kind of expensive, so yeah. that would explain that. But um, as we mentioned before, L.A. would uh, probably have him. But, you know, again, contract issues. Um, the biggest news is that New Jersey claims P.A. Parento, um, which means that the... Um, doesn't really make that much sense from the Islanders' perspective because they picked this guy up as their free agent, yeah. And then now he's on New Jersey. Just I don't know. I don't really understand it from the Islanders' perspective because um, like you just didn't get anything for him. Um, I do wonder what Brian thinks of this. Our 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 good friend there, but yeah, they, they um, could, you know, if Anders Lee ends up being out long term or one of their other star players gets hurt, especially with the absence of Ocposo and Nielsen who have gone elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think you would probably need a guy, a depth guy like PA Parento in your lineup, but yeah, I guess you just didn't work out. In the fun, huh? Well, I think they were making the case that Matthew Barzell is ready and he's going yeah. to, I think that's what yeah, they're that banking guy. on is that some of the young prospects he, are ready to step it up. But even still, you could just move Parento to the second or third line. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like what if and what if they don't work out? It's like you don't need to drop them down to put them on waiver. You don't need to put them on waivers. Um, so I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, Anaheim claims Emerson Eaton again. If you thought that they. Uh, they had this guy before. They do. They did. Um, like I think a year ago they had him, but they claim him again. Um, I forget. Did they, they? I think they. If I'm not mistaken, did they trade him for Carl Hagelin? Uh, let me look. Yeah, I think it's because something like I that. I know there was a one for one. I think Hagelin went to Anaheim, and then Edom went to the Rangers. Yeah, that and then sounds Edom right. Edom bounced around, and then Hagelin was eventually traded to Pittsburgh for Perron, who's now in St. Louis. Yeah, so they traded uh, Edom to the Rangers for Carl Hagelin. There you go. And then they traded, and then eventually they the <laughs> next year. Um, they traded him to, oh, then the next year the Rangers traded him to the Canucks. Yeah. And then the Canucks, uh, and then Anaheim just claimed him off of waivers. For um, Vancouver, yeah. For Vancouver. So they have him again. Um, and then I guess Carl, well, Carl Hagelin's now on Pittsburgh. I think there's yeah. like some cycle going on too or something like that. Um, where, like, yeah, I guess it's just Haglin, um, yeah, maybe the, I guess we just said the cycle. (laughs) Uh, uh, It sounds like, by the sound of things, it looks like Haglin has a more certain future right now than uh, Emerson Adam does. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would agree with that. But, um, they claim him up, um, I guess... 
to replace uh, Hampus Lindholm for the time being. Yeah, Ian um, e. can play defense, right? Yeah, he's, he's good. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He as can always learn, right? He's not Hampus. I thought he was a defense, wasn't he? No, I think he's a forward. Wait, what? Emerson Eam's a forward, yeah. Pretty sure. Okay, you might be right, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, he's a forward. Brent Burns experiment 2.0. <laughs> he could play defense. Okay. Um, Alright, never mind what I just said. Uh, Pittsburgh claims uh, Condon. Um, Mike Condon. So he's he'll be a good replacement for Matt Murray. Yeah, that's uh, well. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Is you know, with all the talk about you know, is Flurry going to be spending his final year? The fact that they get uh, a guy like Mike Condon, who was filling Carey Price's shoes for a couple of for a couple of months, played decent uh, as a you know as a as a starter, a pretty capable backup. I think at this point, he's proven himself to be. Yep. Uh, when you have you know your goalie of the future, supposedly Matt Murray, I don't think this calms uh, the waters that Flurry. Uh, will be staying for a little bit longer. In fact, when Matt Murray is back and healthy, that probably means Flurry is his days are probably numbered again. Yep. Uh, Toronto. Uh, oh no. Uh, the kind of an interesting move here by Minnesota. They claimed a two yeah. Pulkin in. Um, I don't. This seems to be not like what Detroit is um, known for because um, they always tend to like keep their prospects, um, but, like, they got rid of Martin Furk last week. Um, Timu Pulkinen, he was, like, a leading scorer in the AHL a couple of years ago. Um, he may be good. I don't know. Uh, so I feel like Meanwhile, this is, you hear guys yeah. like Anthony Manta with character issues, he's still in their system. Right, and so I uh, I did hear a report from, I think it was Darren, oh, no, it was... Um, Ray Ferraro said that the uh, Pulkin, the thing, the scouts on Pulkinen on why he wasn't like Minnesota was way down on the waiver wire um, uh. in terms of claiming this guy, um, and the reason why he dropped so low was because Pulkinen, um, or like scouts have been saying that Pulkinen can't skate um, as well or can't move the puck as well as he can shoot. Um, yeah. Like, they know he has a great shot, but he can't really handle the stick handle that well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something. Um, but, like, I don't know. Um, I would think, though, that um, he could be someone that would be good though. Um, in another well, yeah, system. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a matter of, you know, good player, but can't really fit into right. the team's style of play, and he would fit better on a different team's style of play. But, you know, yep. again, it's low-risk, high-reward scenario for Minnesota. And, yep. and, and they got I think they have a diamond in the rough right now in Polkanen. Yeah, I feel the same way um, towards Seth Griffith, um, who, which is a good segue because uh, yeah. Toronto just claimed him. Um, I feel the same way. I'm not sure if Toronto is the right team because they do have a ton of prospects there. But um, they can always trade him for a you know a veteran piece that they'll probably true. need when they're contenders. Yeah, but I feel the same way for Seth Griffiths just because um, I think he w- he will be a good player. Um, yeah. I just don't know 
if he'll be a good player on the Bruins. If you look at teams like but, Arizona, you yeah. can never have too many good prospects in your true. system. That's true, that's true. And Toronto now has a, lot, a boatload of good prospects, too. Um, Mitch Marner, by the way, we didn't mention this at the top. Um, Mitch Marner actually looked impressive, too, um, even though he didn't score anything. Yeah, William Nylander got a couple Yeah, William Nylander got well. a couple of assists. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Toronto's looking good in that aspect, but I kind of wish that uh, uh, the Bruins did try to trade Seth Griffiths just so that they could get something for him, yeah. but, um, you know, whatever. Um, Maybe for, like, a defenseman? Yeah, just anything, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carol. Did, I, did I hear also that, uh, I don't know if, if I'm wrong, I'm just going to check, I think we might have missed someone on uh, on the uh, injury front, I thought I heard somewhere that um, that Kevin that Kevin Miller uh, was hurt, yep. uh, actually yeah, uh, New England, um, yeah, he's out. Miller will be sidelined for an extended period of time. Yeah, Kevin Miller's out. He's day to day though. But yeah, you're right. He is out. I was gonna. I heard six weeks after hand surgery. I'm just looking at Comcast Sportsnet New England. Kevin Miller out six weeks after yep. hand surgery. Bruce, and so, Bruce week recall. Uh, Tim Schaller. Yep. Tim Schaller. Yeah. Um, and Adam McQuaid is also day to day too, but um. But yeah, um, yeah, those guys are out. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in the Bruins sense of it in a oh, second. Oh, okay. Uh, Carolina claims Dalback, class Dalback, yeah, from Arizona, yeah, from Arizona. So they've got like as we were just talking about in terms of you can never have too many prospects. Um, Carolina has a lot of prospects now. They have a lot of prospects, and they need defense, and Dahlbeck yep. is defense, so... True. Gotta start somewhere. Um, by the way, Noah Hannafin looks pretty good, too, so... <laughs> yeah. um, he had, like, an Certainly. assist, and um, I think he's on their power play, too, so... Um, fantasy guys, uh, pick him up. Uh, yeah. Bruins sense segment... Quick, quickly, sorry to interrupt again. Yeah. Before we go to Bruins sense, I wanted to go on a bit of a tangent. Andrew Shaw, final oh, right. seconds of the Buffalo game... Um, it, I'm not sure if it was a slew foot by definition. I uh, I saw an article by Bob McKenzie, I believe it was on TSN, um, as to whether or not Andrew um, the slew foot in uh, near the end of the Canadian Sabers game defined the definition of a slew foot. But it certainly looked like previous incidents where he would call it a slew foot. Uh, it looked like he slew footed Johan Larson, I believe it was. Of the Buffalo Sabres, fortunately, it, I don't think Larson was hurt on the play. NHL said they're not going to discipline Andrew Shaw for that. If it fits by the definition of a slew foot, and again, it's a fast game, but I just look at that, and if, if, if it's a slew foot, and if he intended to do that, again, I'm not a player. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a goalie. I, I don't re- I'm not really in Andrew Shaw's position, but if that is a slew foot by definition, and that was done with with intent. It's tough to prove if it was done with intent. But you look at that, in the game's final seconds, Canadians are up by three goals. Doesn't mean anything at that point. You get caught on camera doing that. You should be suspended. Yeah. And I think the NHL missed an opportunity. Again, you don't wait until someone is concussed 
or is hurt significantly before you decide to hand out a suspension. I'm not saying all the time this happens, but some of the time I think some of these suspensions are determined on if the player got hurt. In this case, I don't think Yoan Larson was significantly hurt on the play, and that's and I don't know how much of a factor that was to if Andrew Shaw would receive any discipline. That shouldn't matter. Yeah. You should send a message before something bad like that happens. And I hate to see a player gets hurt significantly, miss an extended period of time because the NHL didn't send a message when they should have. Yeah. And he, especially when you look at Shaw, he was suspended three preseason games and fined. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I so didn't I, see that, that's that's just a tangent I wanted to go on. We can go to Bruin Sense. That's fine. I didn't um I didn't see the play, so I can't really comment. But yeah, sure. <laughs> From what you're saying. <laughs> um that makes sense. Um yeah, so we'll go to the Bruins Sense segment. Do you want to go first or No, you can uh, you can talk about the Bruins. That's good. Alright. Well, I've already mentioned them before on the, on our show, but um in case you haven't heard, Ber- uh Bruce runs out. Uh but uh, Marchand, Bacchus, and uh, David Pasternak played, um, uh, had a really good line. Um, they uh, they all scored. Um, they were our big producers uh, against Columbus. Um, it was kind of a scary moment, though, um, in the first uh, period, because um, they're actually doing what I want them to do. Um, they're playing a bunch of their young players, um, Brandon Carlo um, and Colin Miller, most notably. So Carlo got a point. Too, yeah, Carlo got a point. Colin Miller had the most ice time of any of the defensemen, um, <laughs> more than Krug and Chara. So um, I'm happy. Um, I know. So right now, I know it's going to be like they just they made a few, a lot of defensive mistakes in the first period. And then in the second and third, they just figured things out. Like they still like look like even though they were down two to uh, two nothing in the first, they still like played pretty well. There was like a scrum at the beginning where Bacchus like um, started something, and um, but so it was like we played well, um, and we were playing like actual Bruins hockey which is something that we lacked um, for a while. But I'm excited now. Um, I know that there's, there's pro- I'm probably going to regret saying that, and they're going dis- to disappoint me again. But Especially with uh, with the, that uh, that guy by the name of Austin Matthews uh, yeah. being their next uh, exactly. you know, guy you have to stop. Right, right. So they play, uh, they play uh, well, by the time you listen to this, Austin we'll know what, what damage, yeah. if any, Austin Matthews did. You'll know what Austin Matthews did. I hope they go but, easy on him because Tuka Rast's on my fantasy team. And yeah. this is kind of one of the years where I kind of care how the Bruins do in the sense <laughs> of who gets the W or not. Just for your fantasy team? Okay. Well, yeah. Not, not, it. If it's against Ottawa, I obviously want Ottawa to yeah. beat Bach. So they play the Leafs uh, tonight on Saturday. Um, yeah. And then they play the Jets. We play Patrick Laine next. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, and then we play the Devils for our home opener on Thursday. Um, but yeah, you're right. Though, but there is growing pains. I do know that there's growing pains with um, a lot of these young players, especially Brandon Carlo. But I am excited. I've heard good things from Brandon Carlo. Um, 
practice from a bunch of Bruins beat writers. So um, hopefully he, um, you know, hopefully he uh, makes it to the team. I, know, I don't, I'd imagine it depends if he plays like that. I imagine it'd be tough to send him back to um, his, uh, I think he's on Tri-City. He's on, I think he's on a WHL team. Um, mm. But um, if they send, so I hope Brandon Carlo's good. I hope, and I think Colin Miller um, will probably stay. Um, mm-hmm. Even when, even with Kevin Miller, even when Kevin Miller comes back, but um, yeah, we'll see. And you look at Brad Marchand's performance just quickly. Uh, Connor McDavid, at back-to-back three-point yep. nights to start season, had not been done by anybody in Oilers history, not even Wayne Gretzky. But Brad Marchand, five points in in a Bruins season opener that hasn't been done, I believe, since 1973. So Brad Marchand's historic night uh, again. We we talked a lot about you know yep. the other guys. We alluded to Brad Marchand and how good he was. If Brad Marchand can, continues, um, you know maybe not to produce at this kind of pace because this is kind of unrealistic uh, stats that we're talking about. Like we're talking over 200 points at least if he keeps up this <laughs> pace. But he's going to um, get that <laughs> if, if he can if he can keep up at this pace like. 75, 80 points, I think that could be very realistic yep. for a guy like Brad Marchand. That, that, I'm sure the Bruins would welcome that very much. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially with the contract we signed him. And it's, it's nice to see that uh, he's, uh, that uh, World Cup performance isn't a fluke. Um, yeah. Pasternak also had four points, so that was good to see as well. Um, yeah, for, for a young guy, that's that's really good. On, it's on like, as, as I predicted, he was going to be a surprise player to look out for. So hopefully yep. it continues. Um, I'm I'm remaining hopeful, but um, we'll see. But your Senators had an interesting first game. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it mentioned uh, how Austin Matthews took them to the cleaners, and yet they still managed to win a a game in overtime, a one goal game, obviously because it ended in overtime, and that's that's kind of where it was inconsistent. You know they. They blow some late leads in the third period, then they lose in overtime. They would lose a couple of one-goal games, eke out a one-goal win or two or three uh, late in the season. Um, so the fact that they're able to fight back and win, Bobby Ryan played pretty good, Mark Stone had a couple of points, Turis scored a beautiful game winner in overtime. Um, I think I mentioned Derek Broussard and how impressed I was with him. A lot of the veteran guys really stepped up, and, and that's a good sign for a team like Ottawa. Um, again, tonight they're playing the Carey Priceless Montreal Canadiens. So, again, not not sure how much of a measuring stick that will be. But um, you know, the, I'm just looking at the Sens schedule right now, and – from from what I hear, like they they have a they have a couple of home games to start off um, the season, and and they're they're up against uh, some opponents that they can beat. So I don't know really how much you can measure their success right now. Just taking a look, Montreal well, it's still pretty early. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're hosting Montreal tonight. Then they're in Detroit Monday, hosting Arizona Tuesday, then hosting Tampa next Saturday, and then they got the. Then they're getting the Western Canadian road swing over and done with early at Vancouver on the 25th, at Calgary the 28th, at Edmonton on the 30th. So they have some. They have a couple of decent teams coming up here, but other than that, they've got some favorable matchups early in the season. True. And I would be shocked if they finished 
below 500 in the month of October. I think I think they can be above 500 team this month. Um, so I'm not I'm not I'm not really sure what to think of the sense at this point. If if I should draw any conclusions this time. Um, but the month of November, I think, is going to be their toughest. When you have teams like Nashville and L.A. and Minnesota, actually you have Nashville twice, and then you also have Florida, Boston, and the Rangers sprinkled in there. So I think November is going to be a bigger measuring stick for this team. Yeah. Uh, I think October is a time to get their feet wet, get off to a good start, get some wins on the board, and get some early momentum. And I think if the schedule plays into the Sens' favor early on. So... They can't fool around. They got to get it done. Yeah, I should also mention that I forgot to mention that the after the Bruins open home open their game on Thursday, they play the Canadians on Saturday at home. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we play a lot of the same teams. Um, I feel like Ottawa and Boston never play until like later in the season. Oh, yeah. we, we play on November twenty fourth. Oh, so um, that's quite a ways Ottawa. away still. Yeah, it's still quite a ways away. Over a month away, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it's like it's always late. We never like play them early in the year. Um, yeah, so the, I'm. Oh, you're right. Social media. I almost forgot yeah. again. <laughs> almost forgot again. Okay. Uh, Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is uh lace em, lace em up. Our lace em podcast. We've been tweeting yeah. a lot lately. Uh, we've also been on Facebook a lot too. I uh, just go to lace em up. On Facebook, um, what else do we have? Uh, email us at uh, laceupbag at gmail.com. If you want to give us any poll ideas, we're, we post it up on Wednesday. Yep. We run it for 24 hours, and, and then Usually the results are compiled. Hours. So if you want to give us a poll idea and you're listening to this, get it to us as soon as possible via that uh, email address, and we'll uh, definitely consider it. Yep. Um, we're Lace always – uh, chatting with each other on uh, on Facebook chat, so uh, we're always spitballing ideas, and we welcome your input. Yep, exactly. Um, and, um, yeah, so you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud. Great. Um, happy for you. Um, <laughs> also, we're, on, we're also on iTunes. Subscribe there, and give us a good rating there. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again and hopefully have a lot more headlines caused by the Lace Em Up Jinx in episode 49 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Yep.